one thing about a sole proprietor is it's the simplest. So that's a great thing about it. It's very simple. In many states, you can do this all online. Now that doesn't have some of the protections that come in with the next level. So if you are functioning as a sole proprietor, you might want to think about uh, becoming an LLC or incorporating your business. And what that basically means is separates your business from your personal self. So let's give a worst case scenario here where you're out shooting and um, heaven forbid, somehow you knock something over, a fire starts and the house burns down. If you do that and you're a sole proprietor, that insurance company is going to come after you personally. Mm -hmm. So anything you personally own, your car, your house, anything in your house, any investments, any savings, any retirement, that is all up for grabs. Welcome to the Spiro Podcast, managing your real estate photography and videography business with your hosts, Todd Kivimaki and Craig Madwell. Welcome to the Spiro Podcast, managing your real estate photography and videography business. Spiro is a software platform designed to help you manage and grow and scale your real estate media business. I'm Craig Magram, host of the Spiro Podcast, here to just usher things along, move things along. But the the guy that, that knows it is, is the subject material expert, our 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 co-host, our owner, our founder, Todd Kivimaki. How's how's that a talk a talk up for you, Todd? Craig, you know how to make someone feel really good. So uh, thank you oh. for that. I'm just I'm just the guy that messed it up over the last 20 years. So um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll try that one next week. But thank there you, you Craig. Uh, yeah, thank you for that introduction. Glad to be here with all of you today. Um, I know you're going to hear this after the fact, but it's Valentine's Day right now. So a happy belated Valentine's Day to all of you <laughs> out there um, in, in real estate media world. Hey, if you're listening for the first time, we are excited to have you in here. Our goal is to push you with some ideas to make you think a little bit outside the box and just um, to get your brain thinking about the business and how you're going to grow your business or how you're going to reach your goals. If you are back for a, a second or third or more time, thank you. It's great to have you back. Uh, we've got a, mm. a, an exciting topic today. It's, it's, it's one of those things like it's a needed topic. So much like nobody likes to put tires on their car. Well, maybe some of you do. I, <laughs> I hate buying tires for my car. But that's what we're going to discuss today. Right. So the podcast is all about the business side of running our real estate media businesses. And one of the most basic pieces of information that we need before we even start the business is how do we legally set up the business? Um, now, that might vary from state to state a, a little bit, but it's still good to know the various um, types of legal business structures that are out there and, and what you need to know about each of them to decide how you're going to register your business as a legal entity. Yeah, th that's right, Craig. Now, disclaimer, we always recommend that you get legal advice. Uh, mm -hmm. We, Craig, nor I, we are not attorneys. We uh, are not your subject um, experts in this field. We have done it. Uh, we've done it in a few different states, but there are 50 states out there. And for those of you around the world, uh, those laws are probably much different in your country. So we yeah. just recommend that uh, you might take some inspiration and learn about some entities or some structures that are available to you. But we 
wholeheartedly recommend that you get an attorney uh, and you pay them for their time. It's going to be worth it in the end to make sure that everything's done correct. Exactly. Did I ever tell you I wanted to be a lawyer when I was a kid? No, I didn't know that, Craig. I did. Then I huh. grew up and realized I don't want to be a lawyer when I grow <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, speaking of, of law, let's dive into it, Todd, with, with the, the first question. The most basic question to ask first is, uh, what are the various types of, of legal business structures? What works best in most cases for a small business, um, whether it's a single owner or, you know, at the most, say, a partnership? So what's what are those what are those structures and what's the best one for for people? Yeah, great question. So th there's three that I'm going to discuss today and and mainly because those are the three that I've gone through in a progression over the last 20 years. So uh, basically you call yourself a business and uh, you take in you make income and um, you are operating under your own self as what's called a sole proprietor. So that is an individual who is functioning as a business. And what that will allow you to do is to file taxes uh, where you can report business income and expenses. So one thing about a sole proprietor is it's the simplest. So that's a great thing about it. It's very simple. In many states, you can do this all online and it's, it's very simple to set up. Uh, there's no articles of incorporation. There's not really much that needs done other than you just say, hey, I'm a business. Um, now, that doesn't have some of the protections that come in with the next level. So if you are functioning as a sole proprietor, you might want to think about uh, becoming an LLC or incorporating your business. And what that basically means is now that takes you up one level and it separates your business from your personal self. So let's give a worst case scenario here where you're out shooting and um, heaven forbid you cause um, a total loss at a house. Okay, I don't, I, I don't know if this has ever happened, but say somehow you knock something over, a fire starts and the house burns down. Okay, if you are in that house, yeah, sorry, I'm going there today. That's a little- You are. <laughs> it is <laughs> Valentine's Day. Right yeah. in there. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. <laughs> You just burn a house down. <laughs> but if you do that and you're a sole proprietor, that insurance company is going to come after you personally. Mm -hmm. So anything you personally own, your car, your house, anything in your house, any investments, any savings, any retirement, that is all up for grabs for them to... Um, take from you as as restitution for what you did the actions that you did because there's no separation now hmm. if you have filed as an llc you essentially have said i am my business self and i am my personal self and if something like the fire would happen the there is a level of protection that the LLC gives you where they can only take anything or they can only sue you for anything that the business owns. Okay. So mm, if okay. from a business standpoint, your business probably owns maybe very, probably all of us very little. We own some equipment. We probably lease a space. Um, if your business owns your building, I would recommend that you start a separate LLC 
and that LLC owns the business. That's what we did here at WOW. WOW does not own our building. We remod we purchased and remodeled a building three or four years ago. WOW did not do that. Yes, it was a lot of funds that were coming from WOW um, because I took them as the owner through a disbursement. I invested those into a building, but WOW does not own my building. A separate management company owns my building. Smart. But if you're an LLC, then... Um, you have very little equipment, so you have uh, you or very little assets. Probably some equipment. Um, really, I I don't know what else. That's about it. That would be in the business name. Yeah. You, know, you bought some equipment as a business, maybe a cell phone. Very little. So at that point, if someone's going to sue you because of something that you did, they're only going to take the um, the assets of the business. Um, so one thing to think about, they're not going to come after your house, not going to come after your cars, not going to come after, um, any personal savings that you might have. And again, I disclaimer, again, I am not a lawyer. This is the way I understand it. And I think it's pretty much correct, but talk to a lawyer. <laughs> right now, the third level is what's called, um, where you incorporate yourself. So, uh, I think I mentioned the word incorporate as an LLC. That's technically, I, I was probably misspoke there. LLC is not incorporating yourself, um, where the next level would be what we filed to be an S corp. There is a C corp. There's a difference. And, um, uh, but as an S corp, then I, as the owner of the company pay myself a salary and I can, and then I treat myself basically as any other employee. So there is a tax savings that we found because I would pay myself as an employee and you can save that in Ohio, I think it's 12 and a half percent that goes to, um, social security, Medicare, Medicaid, all those, those taxes. So, um, without going too deep into it, this is an accountant thing that you should discuss. My accountant came to me. I meet with her a couple a couple times a year, and she said, hey, there's probably some tax savings if you went to an S-Corp. Okay, Katie, what yeah. does that mean? She explained it completely to me. And quite honestly, this is why you should depend on some high-level people that specialize in this, because I don't have to remember what an S-Corp is, what a C-Corp is. Maybe some of you don't know, but I don't have to worry about remembering, because I know I have Katie, and Katie looked at all the numbers and she did her thing. And she said, Todd, this is the best thing for you. I looked at her spreadsheet. I said, yes, Katie, this makes sense. There's a little bit of cost to get us going. But look at all this money that I potentially am going to save because of this structure for the company. So, so yeah, that's the, the, the three levels, sole proprietor, LLC. And then we did an S Corp, but there is a C Corp and other different types of corporations. So let me ask a question and we may not be able to answer this. Um, you mentioned as an escort, you account escort, you pay yourself uh, a salary and treat yourself as an employee. Mm -hmm. So as an LLC, you don't necessarily do that. Um, so, is it the member draw? Is, is that how you pay yourself? So great question, Craig. Now you technically, I believe you can pay yourself as an employee or you can pay yourself consistently much like an employee, but you don't have the mm -hmm. tax savings that you get with an S corp or a C corp. So uh, typically as an LLC or a sole proprietor, you're just keeping the profits. Like Craig mentioned, okay. you're taking a draw, a disbursement of the profits. Um, mm -hmm. So that's different as to where now I get a paycheck as an employee at WOW. Um, so Craig, I do believe that is correct that you mentioned that you will not get that tax savings, even if you pay yourself similar and consistently like an employee under an LLC. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, makes sense. And it, what what I've found with my accountant is uh, C Imaging Solutions, which is still my LLC, even though I sold my book of business. Um, I'm doing other types of photography. Yeah, I take a a, a member draw once in a while, <clears throat> but my taxes I I pay estimated quarterly taxes to cover those things that would normally be covered by a paycheck and, you know, a company taking those taxes out for you. So great, great distinction, Todd. All right. So let's go beyond the most basic question of, of how somebody would set up their business initially. Um, what about the legalities of, of hiring either subcontractors or employees? Uh, that's a, a question I believe of 1099 versus W2, correct? For, for tax purposes. Yes, that, that is correct, Craig. And this is, this is one that we hear a lot. And uh, again, I'm gonna, I'll be very repetitive today, clear all this by your attorney and your accountant. But the two differences are the fact that as a W-2 employee, you have control over that person. As mm-hmm. to where a 1099 contractor, you should not have control over that person. Uh, now, m- most states put out a list of around 20 characteristics or questions. And there's not one or 10 of them that determines the person is or is not a employee or a contractor. This is completely up to some interpretation of the answers to those questions. But basically, let me give you a good idea of a very simple way to determine if this person is a contractor or employee. This is just one. Again, one of 20. In Ohio, I think there's 17. Uh, the list is mm-hmm. 17. So it, an employee will come to work when you tell them to come to work and they will leave when you tell them to leave. Uh, they will have some days off that they can schedule, but generally as a full-time employee, they have set hours where they're coming in and, and, and they don't have to come to an office. It could be logging on. It could be even in the field. They could be at a property to shoot it. As to where a contractor is only going to work when there is a job. So much like you're Mm -hmm. a contractor, your real estate business is a contractor to the realtor. The realtor is not saying, hey, Todd, I need you every Tuesday and Thursday from nine to five. They're just saying, hey, I'll let you know the next time that I have a job for you and we can negotiate on a price. That's them using your ordering system. That's them picking their own price. Um, And if I'm unhappy with it, I'm going to call you and tell you. If I'm happy, I'm going to pay you. So that is is just a very simple idea of um, one of the questions to show, do you or do you not have control over this individual? Um, And that's the difference between a W-2 employee and a 1099 contractor. Now, I will say that it can work either way. So typically, like in a typical position or in a, um, in a field, there isn't, you could have a person doing about the same thing. One could be an employee and one could be a contractor. So one company could utilize them Mm -hmm. as a contractor and you could utilize them as an employee. Again, it just all comes down to those questions, um, comes down to the contract you have with them. And the bottom line is the way I understand it. It comes down to the control or the lack of control you have over that individual. All right, Todd. So um, a W-2 employee, let's talk about some of the the unique uh, things that you offer an employee versus what you wouldn't necessarily offer to a contractor. 
Yeah, great question. So as an employee, when you pay them, you are going to pay them and you're going to deduct some items from their from their payment. As to where a contractor, if you hire a contractor to do a job and the job is $500, you are going to pay that contractor $500. Then that mm -hmm. contractor is going to take care of the taxes and the other obligations on their own. If they're in your employee, you're going to pay them 500 and then you're going to deduct things like um, taxes, their, their taxes at their tax bracket. You're going to pay for um, some government agencies like unemployment, workers comp. Um, you're going to look at potentially, do you have a healthcare program that you offer them as an employee? Do you offer a 401k? Do you offer, you know, mm. AFLAC, things like that, that could be deducted from their paycheck. Those are all items that you will take out and then they will get 500 minus all of those lines. Some mm. of those lines that you minus out or subtract out, some of them will be their responsibility, like their, their taxes, they pay that, but you pay a portion of that. It's a little bit different in each state. I think it's 12 and a half in Ohio where you're paying some unemployment, some workers' comp, some Social Security, things like that. So, um, and then the other thing with the, with an employee is they might have some um, t paid time off as to where mm -hmm. they would just say, hey, I'm going to take one of my paid time off days. You pay them eight hours for that day where a contractor never has paid time off. You know, when they work, they work. And when they don't, they don't. Yeah, it, I couldn't I couldn't help but chuckle inside a little bit as you were talking about all the things that we deduct off a check as a W-2. And uh, my oldest son, the, the first job he got, you know, he was all excited about the pay he was going to get. He was making so much an hour and then he gets his pay stub. He's like, what? What's this? I only get this much. I'm like, welcome to the, uh, you know, adult work life, buddy. <laughs> uh, yes, anyway. That's that's so true. And, and that is, yeah. um, <laughs> that's funny, Greg. Yeah. Well, it's life. We you get used to it. I think. Yeah. Yes. All right. <laughs> so, um, let, let's dive. I'm, I'm laughing now, but let's dive into a more unpleasant question. That is a legality, uh, issue that a business has to deal with. Um, uh, but and one we have to understand mm -hmm. if, if we have to, if we need to, how do you end a business relationship, an employee relationship, uh, or or a contractor relationship, um, if things go south in in that relationship? What what are the differences in how you handle those things legally? Yeah, great question. So the way that so let's talk about a W two employee. So this is an individual that you have control over them, you have trained them, um, you um, keep up on them, you um, you know you tell them what to do and when to do it and how to do it. Uh, so you yeah. have control over this person. And let's say this person is not performing to your standards. Now, Ohio is what we call an at-will state. So um, um, what that means is um, they're completely working at their will and termination can be at any any point in time. So um, you don't have to necessarily show documentation of how they screwed something up. Um, you can terminate them for any reason. Now, this is a little bit different. You can't discriminate against them. Um, so mm -hmm. that that's a whole nother podcast. And that's something that we really don't need to go into. Um, but um, discrimination means that you are um, you are letting them go because of some reason that is outside of their control. Um, I think the, ter the legal term is that if, if they're a protected class um, mm -hmm. is what the legal term is. Um, so if you're discriminating against someone, don't first off, uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> but don't, you cannot terminate them because of that discrimination. If you do, um, 
you're in a whole world of hurt. And so you should just completely rethink that. So say the person just isn't a good fit for the job and you've determined that and, um, you know, it would actually be better for you and for them to move on. They can they could potentially find another job that fits them better and you can find another employee that fits your position better. Um, mm -hmm. I always recommend, so I always call our attorney prior to terminating someone. Uh, we don't do it a lot. I don't want to sound like we do it a lot. It's just, it's my process <laughs> right. of, of when this needs to happen. And sometimes it does, this is life. And I can tell you that, that this is not an easy part of owning a business is understanding that someone's not a good fit. Um, but it needs to be done. Remember, you are the owner of your business and, um, ultimately you're responsible for this employee. Uh, if it needs mm -hmm. to happen, I always call my attorney just to run it by them. Usually he asks me a few questions um, and he says, yeah, I don't really see anything, anything wrong with this. And then um, you should get a little bit of feedback of the verbiage that they want you to use. But basically when terminating, um, some of it, I, I, I would suggest to, um, you know, to be honest with them, maybe tell them what they did great. Um, if there is a direct reason as to why you terminated them, then I would I would disclose that information. Your attorney might tell you different, but I do think it does help them understand how they could do better. Um, now, you're not obligated to tell them anything. You could just say, and, and I'm speaking from more of understanding Ohio, you could just say as of effectively immediately, effective immediately, you're no longer an employee at my company. And then, mm -hmm. you know, you don't owe them anything more than that. But remember, these are human beings and these are people that are right. like, what, what right. happened? And, and one thing that I would say and just urge you, this is not a legal thing, but this is a leadership thing. And this was given to me from a coach that I paid a lot of money to get this information. So again, I don't take it as my information, but just um, you get a freebie because I'm giving it to you. But <laughs> you should never surprise an employee about termination. Right. Agreed. So what I mean about that, what I mean from that is if you terminate someone and the person goes, whoa, I, what do you mean? I was doing fabulous. Like, remember you, you took me out to lunch. You told me I was doing a good job on this project. Um, you know, you sent me a nice email six months ago. If they are surprised by that termination, then you were, and this is going to be kind of harsh, but I would just say you, you weren't a good leader with helping mm -hmm. them understand part of having an employee and even a contractor is helping them understand and communicating with them how they are doing. Um, as a whole, I think right. everybody wants that employer contractor. You know, I think about myself as a contractor to all of our agents. I want to know what the, you know, what the agents think about us. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I want them to know if they're on, I want to know if they're unhappy about something. Um, and your employees and your contractors are no different. So I would just say when you have those conversations with them, um, you know, look for a positive in it um, where you're dis where you where you're say you write them up or you're having a conversation with them about something negative they did. But first, take it as a training moment and say, hey, you did this item. And just so you know, uh, we don't do that at the company. We would rather handle it this way um, and um, document that. So either have them sign something at minimum, send them an email after your conversation and say, hey, Todd, just wanted to reiterate uh, when you answer the phone, I want to make sure that you answer it this way. This is company policy. Um, I know you're going to do a great job from here on out. Let me know if you have any questions. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Todd. So um, yeah, basically, long story short, if someone is shocked that you did terminate them, I would just ask you to reevaluate how you are leading your team 
Um, and there might be some improvements that you could do because of that. Yeah. I, I, I like that you made the distinction between like say Ohio being an at will state and you can f- release somebody at an, a moment's notice with no explanation, but from a leadership perspective, taking the time to continually communicate and give, provide feedback and, and input mm-hmm. so that, yeah, things, things are not a surprise. Um, yeah, it, it's just, it's just fair. It's fair to the person. And when that hard conversation has to come, then they know why the conversation is happening. Mm-hmm. So great, great insight on, on the leadership aspect of having to let somebody go, whether a contractor or an employee. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so really those are kind of the, the three main things that we wanted to cover. Just some business legalities to, to consider, to kind of think through, to summarize uh, what those things were that we talked about again. Uh, the different types of business structures to think through that before you start your business, or maybe you're considering restructuring. Uh, the difference between 1099s contractors and employees, W-2 uh, for tax purposes, and then also what to consider and how to handle letting an employee or a contractor go, ending that business relationship with them. Um, if you have further questions, like Todd said, we say we say consult an attorney. Um, by all means, you can leave comments. Uh, further, deeper questions, we might not be the ones to, uh, to ask, <clears throat> but share some comments. Or if you have an experience, things that you've learned when it comes mm-hmm. to to legality issues, you know, by all means, share those in the comments on YouTube or, or shoot us an email uh, at hello at uh, Spiro.media. So Todd, thank you so much uh, for, for just sharing those things with us. And any final thoughts that you have on on the uh, subject of, of business legalities? Yeah, just one quick one, Craig. Uh, all of these things, if they seem scary to you or you're like, what does that mean? That's okay. Mm-hmm. Again, I even have a hard time regurgitating what my attorney or my accountant <laughs> told me. I know the gist of it, but at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I know I'm covered because I have someone that's an expert in that field that gave right. me guidance. So you don't have to carry all this on your shoulders. If you think about, oh, goodness, I'm scared to hire an employee because now I have to think about unemployment. I have to mm-hmm. think about Social Security and taxes. I have to think about payroll. Um, please don't. Don't let that be the limiter to your growth. If you need an employee you should hire an employee. Just go find someone that can consult you and then they can make it real easy. There's a lot of great software out there with payroll software that takes care of all of this. It asks you 20 mm-hmm. questions and then it's done. So while this might seem a little scary and a little daunting, please just go find the expert. They will guide you through a one, two, three stop, step process. They will probably send you a relatively large bill because of it. But then, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then at night you can sleep well because you know you had a very qualified expert give you good information where you're not putting your company at risk. There you go. There you go. Todd, thank you for that. My pleasure. Let's go ahead and wrap things up. Let's go ahead and wrap things up. Great. So again, thank you for joining us today. If you could subscribe to us, do us a favor and um, just subscribe. That would be great. And beyond that, if you don't and you're just going to give me one click, click and send me an email. Send Craig and I an email. We want to know what you want to hear. We want to know what your business is going through. We want to make sure that this continues to bring value to your business. You can get us at hello at Spiro.media. Also, 
we have just launched our task and to do update. So uh, it launched on the 15th of February, which is probably about a week ago if you're listening to this now. Uh, if you would like to see a demo, we are extremely excited about this where this has all of your to do's for each service. We have an editor portal, your editors log in, you can see the status of how they're editing, you can see everything that needs done on a job to make sure that you know, it's delivered, and you can move on to the next. So this is our way that we've integrated. Um, you know, at wow, we do over 12,000 jobs a year, there are many steps to each job, many services on each job, how do you keep it all straight? Well, this is what we created task and to do. So if you'd like to see a demo of it, hello at Spiro.media, I would love to show it to you and walk you through it. Fantastic. Continual improvements. And uh, it, it's just, it's great software, whether you're just starting your business or yeah, you have a regional business like ours, it, uh, it'll scale with you. So that's exciting, exciting update, Todd. Awesome. Yes, thank you. All right. Well, don't forget, uh, if you are listening to the podcast, maybe, maybe you're uh, driving in between shoots. Uh, if you're ever at your workstation at home, at your office, and you kind of want to see the see the video, the faces face for radio here, uh, you can join us on the YouTube version. <laughs> uh, just look for at Spiro podcast on YouTube. Uh, and, and likewise, it, conversely, if you're watching and you want the audio version, you can pick that up on any uh, any major podcast podcasting platform that's out there right now. Um, I, I want to give a specific shout out. This was kind of fun, uh, Todd. We had a client, I believe it was in the, either in our Dayton or Cincinnati market that had a listing up in the Cleveland area. And we don't service Cleveland currently. And so this client asked us if we knew of anybody. So because of our, our relationships out in the, in the Facebook real estate groups, I put out that, uh, hey, we have a, a client that has a listing and has a need for another real estate media. And a couple of people responded and we forwarded their information. And uh, one of those people, Jason, uh, we struck up a conversation on Facebook and come to find out Jason knows a couple of my very good friends in the Cleveland area huh. and uh, just a super small world. And so we've, we've struck up a, a conversation on Facebook and uh, he's a subscriber to the podcast and I got a message from him yesterday when I was shooting a property. Hey, look what I'm listening to or watching right now. There's my <laughs> ugly mug up on the screen. So Jason, thank you for, uh, for listening and subscribing that, it's just fun to be able to connect with other other colleagues and professionals in our industry and and talk shop, talk you know business, trade ideas, and uh, just get to know each other and, and support each other. And that's what the Spiro Podcast is all about. So thank you guys for for watching and subscribing. Um, okay, well that's going to wrap things up for this week. Uh, we just want to thank you again for for joining us. And uh, if you have a a question or a, a, some subject material that you would like covered on the business side of real estate media. Um, drop us that email, hello at Spiro.media. And uh, we would love to cover that and uh, get you the information that you're looking for. If we don't know it, we're going to find a guest that is an expert on that and have them come on and share that. Or if you have a guest idea, somebody that you know is a really good expert at something in our, our industry, suggest them to us, refer, us, uh, refer them to us, and uh, we'd love to talk with them. So until next week, until the next podcast, just be thankful for what you've been blessed with and take a breath. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us for the Spiro Podcast, managing your real estate photography and videography business. This is a production of Spiro and Wow Video Tours. You can find out more about Spiro's real estate media business management software at our website, spiro.media.